Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Hi, and welcome to the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. I'm Jonathan Messenger, and I'm here with my intro bot, Bebop, who just listened to last week's episode and is for some reason very excited. I can't believe it. It's finally happened. What is it, Bebop? Don't you see? Okay, in the last episode, all the kids of the Explorer Troop went to Planet Bob with the two-headed alien bobs, and then they discovered that if you were on that planet and you imagined something, it could come to life, Bob. Yeah, I remember, but you know, you don't have to say Bob like they do. And then, Bob, Foggy imagined a giant water monster, Bob. Don't you see what that means? What? It means robots have dreams. They are full emotional beings with hopes and wishes and imaginations, and take that, Alan Turing, Foggy number one. Oh, I, well, okay. You know what? I'm just going to let that one go. Nom, 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 Bebop, what are you doing? I'm eating. Nom, nom, nom. Listeners send in some great art. Nom, nom, nom. And I eat when I'm happy. Nom, 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 nom. Okay, well, please do that off mic. Thank you, everyone, who has sent in art. We'll discuss that a little more at the end of the show. So Bebop actually gave us a pretty good recap here. But just so you remember, the kids and Foggy and the Bobs were now up in the castle, and the Blob Monster imagined by Vale and the Bob Monster imagined by Elias were being carried up the castle wall by the Water Monster. So without further ado, Episode 7, Dream a Little Dreamstone. Bob 242B screamed as the explorers and the Bobs backed away from the windows. The Blob was the first to arrive and began slinking into the room. The giant five-headed Bob was finding it a bit more difficult to fit into the whole window. All right, let me try a leg Bob first. Nope. Okay, one head Bob. Now second head Bob. Now third head Bob. No, wait, third head Bob. Go back. There's no room. We're going to get stuck out. Ah, come on. For the time being... The giant monster Bob was stuck in the window, unable to get in or get down. Meanwhile, the water monster began to flood the land around the castle, meaning the explorers and the Bobs couldn't get out and run away. They hustled through the castle as the black, bubbling puddle of the blob monster began to fill the room. Okay, human Bob, said Bob 242A. Time, Bob, for your plan, Bob. Vale, Elias, Finn, and Abigail all looked at each other in silence. Foggy flew up by the ceiling, worried that the water would come crashing down into the room at any moment. Any time, Bob! Okay, said Finn. First of all, Elias, Vale, and Foggy. Those monsters are powered by your imaginations. Can you just stop thinking about them for a minute? Maybe they'll disappear. I'm not sure how we can stop thinking about three monsters attacking us, said Vale. Fine, okay, you're right, said Finn. Maybe start imagining them as harmless or something. Change them if you can. Vale, imagine the blob monster as, like, an ice cream puddle. And Elias, try to imagine the blob monster as having only, I don't know, one head or, like, being really calm, strumming a guitar or something. You want me to imagine a giant monster calmly strumming a guitar, said Elias. Vale and Elias put on very serious faces to show they were imagining very hard. Everyone just sort of stood around and watched them think. 
I know this is an action story with a giant blob squishing through a castle and a bunch of two-headed alien bobs freaking out and a five-headed monster bob trying to shimmy his way in or out of a window. But what can I say? This is what's happening right now. Everyone's just standing around, watching two people think. So I guess we'll just sort of wait and see what they think. See if they come up with anything. I have an idea, said Foggy, getting impatient. He flew out of the room and seconds later came back with a bucket full of bubbling ooze. Hey, I scooped this from the black blob. Maybe I can run a test to see what it's made of and then find something that destroys it. Wait a second. Are you all seriously still just standing here watching those two guys think? Not anymore, yelled Finn. The blob had started to leak through the doors. And several crashes from far off told them the monster bob was five headbutting his way through the castle wall. Forget it! yelled Bob 242B. Every bob knows what they look like now. Those image bobs are sealed in every bob's imagination bobs. You'll never be able to change them. Come on, this way, Bob. The troop followed the bobs through the castle, Foggy flying slowly behind, scanning the bucket of blob goo. As they ran through the rooms of the castle, they saw that they were mostly empty, containing only simple furniture, a few torches on the walls, no paintings or books or anything that would signify the bobs did anything but eat, sleep, and work. Everyone rushed down a set of stairs that wound their way deep into the castle. There's a room bob down here, the safest and most secure room bob in the whole castle bob, said Bob 242A. Nothing can get into it. Um, are you sure this is a good idea going down into a basement like this, said Abigail? What do you mean? Well, I mean, once we get down there, will there be a way to get out? Like a tunnel? What's a tunnel bob? Oh, forget it said Abigail. You guys go ahead. I'm not running from these monsters anymore. She turned to march up the stairs toward the black, gurgling blob. Wait, Abigail, you can't just go fight a monster by yourself, Finn said. He turned back up the stairs to chase her, and he caught up with her at the top. They found themselves in a large, empty room filled with pink stone columns supporting the floors above. I'm not planning on being by myself, she said, and she squeezed her eyes shut. Wait, Abigail, what are you doing? Shh, she said. She rubbed her temples and then opened her eyes. Did it work? Did what work? It felt like it worked. What worked, said Finn. Do you hear something? Abigail, what are you talking about? Just then, they heard a rustling from behind one of the columns. Well, I figured that if you can imagine bad things coming after you, you could probably imagine something that's good too, right? That can help you? Oh no. Abigail, what did you do? The rustling grew louder, followed by a light thumping. They both began to walk toward the sound, when all of a sudden, from behind the column, leaped a very small bunny. It was just a tiny, cute, and sweet bunny with all white fur and a little pink nose, and it had big floppy ears that it laid back against its head. A bunny, said Finn. Why are you... I mean, obviously, it is cute. Really cute, right? Said Abigail. Yeah, I mean, it's adorable. Look at its little paws, said Finn. But wait, that's not the point. How is that bunny going to help us against that? The blob had begun to slink into the room. As more of it leaped beneath the door, it began to transform itself into less of a puddle and more of a mound, and then less of a mound and more of a tidal wave of slick, bubbling black. Finn gazed into it, but he didn't see his reflection. 
There was no light coming out of it. It was like staring into a hole with no bottom. Like if the blob got you, you would be surrounded by darkness and just fall, 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 and keep falling forever into a bottomless pit. Come on, bunny. Come on, bunny. Come on, bunny. Finn snapped out of the trance the blob had put him in and heard Abigail chanting, Come on, bunny. Come on, bunny. Come on, bunny. He looked over at the bunny. It twitched its nose. It twitched its tail. It was so cute. Abigail, I think, wait just one more second. Come on, bunny. Come on, bunny. The bunny licked its paws and shook its behind. No, Abigail, the blob is about to... Come on, bunny. Come on, bunny. The bunny scratched behind its left ear and cocked its head to look at Abigail. Please, Abigail, we gotta go. Oh, just come on already, bunny. You're out of your mind, Abigail. Let's go. Come on, bunny. The bunny's ears suddenly shot up toward the ceiling and spun and faced the blob and stood up on its hind legs. It raised both of its front legs up and shot lasers out of its front paws. Whoa. A laser bunny, said Finn. The only way bunnies could get any cooler, said Abigail. Smoke billowed from the blob and it roared as it split into two, one side slinking toward the bunny and the other toward the kids. Abigail shut her eyes again and squeezed them. Finn stood in front of her as the blob lurched toward them. Don't even tell me that we have to go, said Abigail. She shut her eyes again and squeezed them. Finn stood in front of her as the blob lurched toward them and was hungry. Then, suddenly, more and more bunnies began appearing all over the hall. The bunnies wasted no time. Their ears shot straight up and their laser paws worked their magic. Before Abigail and Finn knew it, the blob had been divided and divided and divided again into dozens of tiny little blobs, all chasing the new laser bunnies who scattered around the castle, away from the explorers. I figured it out, guys. It's made of some sort of sentient jelly, and all we need to do is apply a little heat to it. Said Foggy as he flew up the stairs. And, and it looks like you already took care of it. Abigail dreamed up a solution, said Finn. Let me guess. Laser bunnies. You know it. Brilliant. The wall on the other side of the room exploded. The five-headed monster Bob came running into the room. I, Bob, will Bob, get Bob, you, Bob. Finn and Abigail ran down the stairs. Foggy flew right at the Monster Bob, weaving in and out of its heads. The Monster Bob's heads tried to headbutt Foggy, but ended up just hitting each other over and again. Ah, Bob. Ah, Bob. Quit, Bob. Hit, Bob. The two made their way down to the bottom of the steps where a large stone door greeted them. Hey, yelled Finn. Let us in before the Monster Bob gets us. The door creaked open and Bob 242B pulled them in. Foggy flew in right behind them. Inside... The room was small and round. It had high ceilings and lit torches ran all the way up the walls. It felt like a vault, and with good reason. There, in the center of the room, was a large glass box. The only time they'd seen something that wasn't made out of that pink stone. And inside that glass box was a green jewel, about the size of a kid's hand. There was a faint glow coming from the jewel, and its light reflected all around the glass box. Monster Bob was trying to get inside. What is that? asked Finn. Oh, said Bob 242B. That is the Dreamstone, Bob. The Dreamstone? What is that? And why is it locked up like this? Well, said Bob 242A. He looked at Bob 242B. It's sort of the thing, Bob, that makes those Monster Bobs appear. 
So you mean you had this thing down here the whole time, and you didn't tell us about it, said Vale? Why don't we just smash this thing right now? Well, now hold on. That's what we think it does. There are legend bobs that say the Dreamstone Bob gives us the power bob to make our dream bobs real, and other legend bobs say the Dreamstone Bob is what traps our dream bobs, keeping us safe. You, Bob, can't Bob, stop Bob, me, Bob. Well, it doesn't feel like we're too safe right now, said Bob. So wait, let me get this straight, said Elias. Either we smash the stone right now, and that monster out there disappears, or we smash it, and every single stray dream Bob of every Bob comes to life, Bob? Elias, you know you don't have to say Bob like them, said Finn. But how are we ever supposed to make that decision, Bob? Come on, bunnies, come on, bunnies, come on, bunnies. I don't think that's going to help us right now, said Finn. Bob 242, it's your call. It's your Dreamstone. You mean Dreamstone, Bob? Yes, okay, fine. Your Dreamstone, Bob. So you can decide, said Finn. Smash it or not, protect it or not, but the way I look at it... The Monster Bob crashed into the room. Foggy flew at it again, but the Monster Bob caught him in one hand. He began swinging Foggy around like a rag doll. Look, said Finn. We don't have much time, but the way I look at it, you can either take an action, do something to try to make things better, or you can do nothing and let someone else, like me, or this five-headed monster here, or that big blob out there, make that decision for you. The Monster Bob turned to Bob242 and raised Foggy up to the highest torch on the wall, and he began to swing him down like a baseball bat. Bob242A had put his hand over Bob242B's mouth. Stop screaming for once so I can think. Bob242 looked at the Dreamstone, looked at Monster Bob, looked at Foggy, and threw it as hard as he could. It banged off Foggy's head, shattering in hundreds of pieces. The Monster Bob immediately disappeared. All the crashing, the thumping, everything came to a still, and Foggy came crashing down. Hey, hey! You did it, Bobs! said Vale. Technically, my head did it, said Foggy. As the troop boarded the ship back for the Marlowe, the Bob 242s asked them to stay, at least for one meal, Bob. Well, let me ask you a question, said Elias. Sure. So, if every village on Planet Bob has the same sort of castles... Castle Bobs, yes. And everyone has the same jobs... Job Bobs, yes. So does that mean there are dozens of those Dreamstones all over this planet? Dreamstone Bobs, yes, of course. Yeah, okay, said Elias. Then I don't think we're going to be staying here any longer. Abigail set the launch sequence and the Explorer Pod headed back for the Marlowe. The crew was wiped out. Another adventure, another battle, another planet where no human would ever want to build a home. But as they were approaching the space station, Finn's mother came on the radio. It was a little hard to hear her over the sound of an alarm in the background. Finn, listen. Be careful when you get off the pod and into the space station. What? Finn said. Why? We have reason to believe. Aliens aboard. Foggy rubbed the dent on his side that he had gotten the last time those monsters were on the Marlow. He looked over at Finn. Oh no. Not again. Okay, so I'm here with my editor and son, Griffin. Hey, Griffin. Hi, hi. Hello. All right. And what would you think of that episode? It was pretty good. So a funny thing happened in this episode when we were listening to it together. 
when I said there was a rustling that, that Abigail and Finn heard, you immediately called out that a bunny was coming. How'd you know that a bunny was coming? <laughs> Abigail loves bunnies. Yeah. <laughs> so you knew that she was imagining a bunny to come save them? <laughs> yeah. Did you know it was going to be a laser bunny? Nope. <laughs> All right. Uh, so what do you think is... Uh, what do you think is happening on the Marlowe right now? Or um, like some monsters are t- teaming up to try and get rid of the Marlows. Oh, maybe. Spoiler alert. Wait, that's actually what it is, right? <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm not telling anything. You'll never get it out of me. <laughs> okay. So one thing we haven't talked about is that this story was inspired by a chapter in The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. By C.S. Lewis. Do you remember the part that I'm thinking of? Yep. The part where they went into this blackness. That's right. Exactly. So if you've never read the Chronicles of Narnia, the Voyage of the Dawn Treader is, I think, book four, maybe? It's three. I think it's book three. Book three? Um, Silver Chair is book four. Okay. They're, They're on this long sea voyage. And they sail into, like what you said, into like a blackness where they can't see anything. And it turns out that in this blackness, whatever you dream of comes alive. And this guy is terrified of that. But you don't actually ever see anything that he's dreamt of. No monsters come out. They just kind of sail through that area, right? So when I was writing this story, kind of, that's, like I said, one of my favorite books. And so when you have something that you really love, you know, maybe an artist or a musician or a book that you really love, then that's something that kind of influences you. They call it an influence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so we have two pieces of art. Speaking of art, this week that we got in from listeners to feed Bebop. Because Bebop is hungry. Uh, that means he might eat some of your art in here that I drew for you. Yeah, that's right. We have I have some art that you drew for me that I'm trying to keep him from eating. And so to help us on that, we got a picture from Lorelai. She's six years old from Winthrop, Massachusetts, not too far from where I grew up as a kid. Uh, and she drew Finn. And it's a really great drawing. And then we also got one from Devin, who's eight years old, from Oakland, California. And she did a huge drawing of Bebop. And, uh, and that's going to feed him for a while. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. All right, and uh, we were also lucky that we got a joke in from Devin. And let me call that up really quickly. All right, are you ready for it? Yeah. What breakfast cereal do aliens eat? I don't know. UFODOs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Thank you for that, Devin. Thank you for the joke, and thank you for the art. Thank you to Lorelai uh, for her art. And thank you all for listening. Thank you, Griffin. For being my editor, you're six years old, but when this comes out tomorrow, you will be... Seven! Happy birthday, Griffin! Beep. <laughs> All right, can you say bye? Bye, bye. Bye. All right, thanks, Griffin. Once again, thank you all so much for listening and sending in your jokes, your ideas, and your art. The art. The art has been so great. Special shout out to Devin and Lorelai this week. You can see their work up at fincaspian.com. 
keep that art, the jokes, everything coming in to earth at fincaspian.com. It's always the highlight of our week to get those emails. And thanks to everyone who has left such great reviews in iTunes for us. If you do have a second and you feel like it, drop one in there. It helps a lot in terms of getting the word out about the show. The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian is a type drawer media production written and produced by Jonathan Messenger, edited and guided by Griffin Messenger with special thanks to Maria Villanueva. The theme music you hear at the beginning and end of every show is by Mark Greenberg, recently voted the nicest human in North America. Congratulations to him on that. Big win for Mark on that one. The other Ben music you heard throughout the episode is by Visager, and we'll have links to their music in the show notes. And our outro music, what you're listening to right now, is by 8-Bit Ninja. Thanks to Ian Dingman for our cover art, and thanks again for your jokes, your art, your ideas, everything. Keep them coming, and we'll see you next week. Thanks. Nom 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 Hey parents and teachers, have you heard about gzmclassroom.com? It's a website where teachers can get companion resources for everyone's favorite GZM shows. Six Minutes, Mars Patel, Podcast Title Pending, Seis Minutos, The Res, Becoming Mother Nature, Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, Treasure Island 2020, The Hollow, Young Ben Franklin, and The Big Fib all have companion resources for additional critical thinking, listening comprehension, and ultimately creativity. We made them just for you. And oh yeah, they're free. Free! The people on Facebook didn't believe us, but they are F-R-E-E free. Head to gzmclassroom.com and get yours today. Hey, it's Jess. Did you know that GZM Shows has a YouTube channel? Right now, all of Six Minutes, Becoming Mother Nature, GZM Beats, and Cupid and the Reaper are up. And they're in these, like, beautiful playlists. They have this fun audio waveform visual. And best of all, you can turn on captions. And the captions have character names. Anyway, subscribe to GZM Shows on YouTube. Maybe there'll be some cool things in the future, like live streams, interviews, behind the scenes. We'll see. GZM Shows on YouTube.